Boys and ghouls, welcome to episode 87 of Das in the Crypt, the Tales of the Crypt podcast. My name is Jason. I'm joined by Jody. Hello. And Mondo. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> like, I, on the early days, it was fun because we could get Jason to break. Now I just don't know what I'm going to do to get him to break in the intro. I usually just break myself and we cut it out because, like, <laughs> yeah. the last three weeks in a row, I stumbled over the opening. Uh, but no, it's we're all three, all three of my sons are back. It's been a while. Thanks, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't feel good at all. <laughs> no, no, I don't like that. No, don't do like that, that, please. I think, I, I think I'm out. That's all right, well, that's the end of the podcast, podcast guys. Yeah. <laughs> I think if I think if my child called said Daddy at this point, I would like just change my phone number and change the locks on the house. Yeah. Like, at this point, you can't use that word anymore. Like if like, I had kids nowadays, they would just call me dude. <laughs> so my my uh, eight year old daughter, she heard the uh, the I'm a Barbie girl song, so now uh-huh. she's saying like I'm a blank everything. She just goes to things. So the other day she was going I'm a daddy's girl in the daddy's world. I'm like that just feels weird. You know it yeah. it's, it's it sucks because let's be like, dude that that should be in a fucking that should be an endearing word. Why yeah. do we yeah. why do we have to sexualize that word of all things? Like granted, I've been married for a long time, but like nowadays if we were in the bedroom. And my wife said, Daddy, I'm like, mm, stop, yeah. we'll stop. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need a minute and you know I sh- I'm, I'm gonna go to the bar. Like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave, I'll come back in a little bit. Like, <laughs> like why 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 do we have to be that? What we suck as a society, am I right? <laughs> yeah, we ruin everything. <laughs> um speaking of ruining things uh we're just gonna go right into this episode because we have all we have a lot of opinions i think about this one damn that, that was quick i i didn't know, I, know. Where, I didn't know where you're going with that i know i, I kind of <laughs> jumped before i looked on that one and i landed yeah, it was all right yeah we'll see uh all right <laughs> tonight we're talking about, about Andrew, but you know it's fine tonight we're talking about the episode "The Pits," which came out on November thirtieth, nineteen ninety four. Jody, give us a plot synopsis. All right. So, I, just to to start off here, I normally come with detailed notes. I have no notes tonight. I, it's not because of this episode specifically. I just decided to to just go free with it. Free ball. See what happens. Judy, I, I, if, if you listen to last week's episode, just listen to me. Tr- I was jet lagged. I tried to synopsize it, and I failed miserably. <laughs> and I left it in because it was just so bad. I just started getting characters' names wrong. Like, I fuck, it was bad, dude. It was real bad. So you can't do as bad as I did. And honestly, do the characters' names matter in this episode? No, they don't. Nothing no, but nothing what matter. does matter in this episode is the intro, oh, which was yes. delightful completely. We get the Crypt Keeper in his little Crypt Keeper pajamas his with jammies. his little Crypt Keeper feet yeah. climbing up a ladder singing Deck the Halls with Parts of Char- Charlie. fa la 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 Make the Yuletide gross and gnarly. fa la 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 That, it was great. It was just a perfect little intro. Okay, and he has little real pajamas. quick. Did any of you guys, after when you saw this, Google Crypt Keeper pajamas? 
<laughs> I did want to know what he had there. Yeah, for sure. I Googled it. They just don't exist. I mean, well, they do. Um, I found Crypt Keeper underwear and panties, um, but I could not find oh, boy. panties. So, so daddy's out of the bedroom. Crypt Keeper underwear and panties. Does that make an entrance? <laughs> Crypt Keeper panties. Crypt panties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> see, see? I, I, I'm going to go not with sure a maybe. About that, one. <laughs> <laughs> that might unlock some shit you just don't want to unlock, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you ever been in one of situations where someone does something and you're like, well, fuck, now I'm into that. Like, God damn it. <laughs> That's what I need is another fetish in my life. <laughs> you, you, after, after all these seasons of uh, watching Tales from the Crypt, you don't need that to be something that turns you on now. But I did look for Crypt Keeper ornament and you can find those. Okay. Oh, yeah, those uh, those EC comic ornaments. So we're talking about. Well, if you saw, he had a really cool ornament on his... Um, on his tree and if you look on ebay they did sell those ornaments uh aftermarket anywhere from 50 to 100 bucks depending on which one you want yeah they probably cost three dollars when they came out so (laughs) well what's funny is okay there are cheaper ones the cheaper ones from the pictures the boxes they look fucking I'll, i'll actually link a picture they look terrible like if you didn't know it was a crypt keeper someone be like why do you have this (laughs) <laughs> figurine of a fucking like half molten half burnt it looks more like skinless frank than it looks like the <laughs> all right moving on all right so anyway great intro great christmas secret creeper and again he was standing on a little ladder so you got his little puppet feet which you know anytime you see an entire puppet body i'm always a fan yeah. it makes me laugh uh but when it comes to the actual episode here uh we jump in uh, to a TV showing a martial arts fight going on for a very long time. Neither men, neither of the men will give up. And it turns out that that fight is the fight that launches this whole story. Um, they uh, called the fight a draw because neither of them were able to knock the other one out. Uh, they go on to like a live sports show and uh, they're there talking about the fight. The dudes are both pretty okay with the fact that it became a draw. Their wives are not, because their wives are horrible people, and they are awful uh, through this entire episode. Uh, take every cliche you have about, like, a gold digger, and that's these two women. They, uh, But weirdly enough, they both have a background in being athletes themselves. I'm not sure exactly where that came to play, except for maybe in the end. They alluded to them, like, why don't you guys fight? Or why don't you guys do this? And right. they said, why would we do that when we have men that can do a, do that for us? Right. Also, the, they said the men make three times as much, which, yeah. which is mean, true. true. I'll get into it. There's actually some interesting like social commentary in here, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, yeah. no. Um, in, in the world of martial arts, where my kids compete, uh, their coach is a female, and her prize money is always less than what the men would make in the same fight. So, Some crappy bullshit. stuff. Nine, 40 years after this episode came out, 30 years after this episode came oh, out, still crappy. Don't charge me 10 extra years, please. Yeah, no, no, no. So anyway, they on this show, they kind of, the women keep calling each other out and being mean to each other and saying, you know, my man would have won if they gave it another round. But... Uh, a guy, a promoter, is watching this in his hotel room. This guy's played by Wayne Newton. Um, I don't remember what his character name is. Wink Barnum, which sounds like a porn name. It does. <laughs> Wink Barnum is uh, watching <laughs> this, and he has a, he says, I've got a $100 million idea. 
And it's going to be to put these guys in a Malaysian death fight style fight. With the prize being one of them will win $100 million and they will get the lead role in this new movie that's coming out called The Pulverizer. The loser gets $10 million. And he takes the idea to the women. They're for it. The guys are not, though. They don't like this Malaysian death battle style <laughs> fighting. It's, it's, I guess the difference is it has to be a complete knockout, which is not something that normally happens in martial arts. Complete no knockout. time limit, no holds bars, kind of. Well, so we'll, we'll get into that. But in the early UFCs, like UFC 1 was legit. I think it was no time limit, no holds barred. The only yeah. thing you couldn't do is you couldn't eye gouge and yeah. you couldn't fish hook, but you could punch someone right in the dick. And that was fine. <laughs> All right. There was actually a fight. Weapons. It was Keith, Keith Hackney beat Joe Sun. Joe Sun was actually a henchman in one of the um, Ace Ventura movies. Not Ace Ventura. Fucking uh, Austin Power movies. Uh, okay. Later on, went to prison for gang rape. So not a good person. Ooh. But he did get his ass kicked in the UFC by being punched in the balls about 10 times. All right, that so, he deserved it. That's, that's, that's like some pre karma. Yeah, and they, and they can use weapons here. <laughs> that's something that uh, a little bit. Different. That might be the first time he's used the term pre karma. Like, there you go. That's not dirty. Pre pre karma. It's like regular karma, but just <laughs> clearer and thinner. Be careful; it can still get you pregnant. Um, <laughs> dude, oh, dude, oh, Jenny, do tell. Right, there's got to be a story here, right? Like. this is not from experience it's just you know if if you have to word to the wise for for all the young people (laughs) listening to this podcast if you have to google can pre-karma get you pregnant you should just go to walgreens (laughs) oh my god Uh, we're still in the synopsis but (laughs) that's why i made the pre-show so quick we are already off the rails uh so anyway um They go back and forth. The, the The wives are horrible. One's cheating on their husband. Uh, the guys don't want to do this fight. And then there's this scene of the guys uh, just kind of hanging out at the ring, watching uh, from the side, and just talking about farming cactuses and having lives outside of this. And they said, you know, do we do we really want to do this? And the other guy says, yeah, we, we do. Uh, I think I want to do it. And this, you're sure? Yeah. So anyway, the, the wives both get a phone call to come down saying that uh, somebody is tampering with the weapons. And so both of these angry women show up at the ring and they step into the ring. They start kind of getting into it, yelling at each other and fighting. And at that point, a camera appears and we see that this has actually been the end game all along for these two women to get into a fight. And so this was the big fight that was promoted. Their husbands are watching it. From Wink's room, whatever that is. Winky. Uh, from the Winky, the Winky room. From the Winky room. And, and, uh, there's, no sex Mr. Winky. there's no sex in the Winky room. <laughs> Wait, so hold on, Jody. When you said that this was the plan all along, are you saying that like that was the original idea that the whole point of this event was to put the wives together? I or think did they... I was not 100% sure, honestly. I, I, my take was that the guys decided to change it halfway through and said, hey, we yes. don't want to do this with the woman together. I think it was Wink's idea, and they just went yeah. along with it, is what it kind of seemed like right. at the end. Well, because Wink had this, he said, I've got this $100 million idea after watching the women get into it on a TV show. Yeah. Oh, so interesting. I think that Wink all along had been 
pushing for the women to get into a fight because they were both athletes before they hated each other. They obviously knew that from their TV appearances. And so yeah. the big fight was going to be the two women, I, I think. So this is where like my, my logistical brain goes, might go a little far because they had to have been promoting this. They didn't notice that right. the promotions had, didn't have the guys on that had them on it. Well, here, Again, here's I think what, that's, that's probably overthinking. But. No, but but here's a problem, and, and this is where I'll, I'll get into it when we, I get my time to talk about this. But fucking like, <sighs> if, if you're overthinking the episode this much, it because it's because it wasn't good enough to hold your attention to make you not think into it. Like how many? Like I've watched Bloodsport a million fucking times. Are yeah. there plot holes in that? Yeah, but I don't care because that Kumite song hicks, and I'm fucking in. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but I was watching this and just overthinking the entire fucking episode. Yeah. All right, so Mondo. Go ahead, dive in. Are you, are you done, Jody? Are you done? Yeah, that's, sure that, that's oh, the and whole then, Well, that's and then we, then we end with the Crib Keeper uh, promoting his Christmas album. With an axe. Yes, which is a real album. Yes. That was a real album. You can find it on him, Spotify. Him singing, the, uh, him singing was, was great. Like, I love it. Like, uh, yeah. I, I want John Kassir live, like, singing that karaoke style somewhere, because fuck, it was good. Uh, that's um, it. We need a John Kassir Christmas uh, special. So this episode <laughs> was fucking terrible. And because and I, I, how do you have the son of the Iron Chef in a in a because he is you know that's a guy who is the fake mm-hmm. Iron Chef dude um, having a kung fu having he's a there he's legit martial artist mm-hmm. and they had yet like the dumbest worst like most boring choreographed fights I've ever seen in my fucking life like that's if, if you're gonna have an episode or anything based around martial arts the fight choreography has to be good. When I watch John Wick movie, like I don't like to like again being a, a jiu-jitsu guy and knowing that my martial art is superior to all other martial arts, I don't get upset when I see John Wick using fucking stand-up fighting because it's entertaining as shit and the choreography is good. The choreography in this was boring as fuck. And it does a lot of weird things. And so this came out in 94. And my, and my first thought about it thought was like, well, UFC UFC had already happened. And mm-hmm. this reminded me of the fights people thought they were going to see at UFC until this little guy called Hoist Gracie went in there and took everybody down and submitted them and got booed because they're like, what the fuck is happening? It's like, well, he's submitting people and murdering them. Um, <laughs> this also happened around UFC three time, which I want to talk about UFC three. And it's interesting though, because I think at the beginning when they show the, um, the logo for this fight promotion, sport promotion it kind of looks like the original UFC logo, mm-hmm. uh, the ultimate fighting championship with a guy going, Rrr! Um, that's for our video watchers right there. You can see it go, <laughs> and uh, so I like, and that's like I can. Uh, what's funny is one of our uh, one of our questions on Instagram is: Is Mondo gonna totally shit all the fighting? Well, I am, and but I'm not gonna shit on it because it wasn't accurate. I just wanted to entertain me, and I mm. didn't find it entertaining at all. Like, I found this episode boring as fuck. The weapons were stupid. Like. I wish it was called like a pro wrestling match because then it would have been interesting. The best fighting was the girls at the end when they kind of had a choreographed pro wrestling match. And I think it's because one of the um, uh, the actresses, she was a former uh, stunt person and real martial artist. I thought that was the most interesting part. And so overall, like, and again, where is the fucking horror? And there's no horror in this. There's zero horror in this. The, the most horrific thing was fucking Wayne Newton and his makeup. Like the, the the dude looked like he was wrapped in hot dog skin, and uh, <laughs> hey, like it, it, fucking. And, and by the way, like Wayne Newton's a staple of of Las Vegas, but Tom Jones is way better. Yeah, yeah. 
True. Oh, oh, Tom Jones is always better, and Tom Jones is a Mars attack. I don't remember if Wayne Newton was, but if he was, eh, whatever. Um, by the way, if you see Wayne Newton nowadays, he looks the same, except mm-hmm. for like nothing. His face doesn't move. You take that for what you what you want to take it for. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, like again, it's interesting because so like this is what people thought they're going to get in fighting, and then the Ultimate Fighting Championship happened, and and, and realistically changed the whole like public's perception on what a real fight looks like. And it's interesting because I think before UFC one, there was like three jujitsu schools in the United States. And afterwards there were like 30 and you had some that were like bullshit Mick dojos, you call them, uh, where they're not teaching people real shit. And then people who really like came up through the ranks. Um, like my school, Cobra Kai was started by Mark Lehman, who was lineage from John Lewis, who's lineage from the Gracie's. So it's still interesting that you, with jujitsu, you can still go back and like, look at the lineages on who you get, who you're getting your belts from and where their lineage is and where they got their belts from. Um, but like, I, I would have liked to see them do like some more realistic fighting. And I hate the idea when they're like, it's a fight to the death. Cause fucking come on. Like no <laughs> pay-per-view company is going to, I mean, UFC had enough trouble with their just saying it was no holds barred and getting, you know, athletic commissions to allow them to have events there. Um, which is a whole nother, like I can go on rants about the UFC and the weird inside handling to the beginning. Um, Art Davey, who started the UFC wrote a really great book. And I think it's called, is this legal? Um, really fantastic read. Even if you're not into fighting, it's just a fantastic story of him trying to like put this promotion together. Um, well, like a total outlaw style. Uh, but like I said, you have to interest me. You, you have to give me fight scenes that I want to watch. Like when they're, when he's fucking fighting, like uh, the weird, I get like, who the fuck is going to go in that cage? Like, oh, hey, I'll try to go fight the world champion. Let him hit me in the face with a stick. No one's going to fucking do that. It reminded me back in WCW when they did the Chamber of Horrors match back at Halloween Havoc. I think it was 91. And as a little kid, eight years old, I'm like, the Chamber of Horrors? Yes. Grandpa, you have to pay $30 so I can watch this pay-per-view. <laughs> and then they had like random guys in bodies who's going to call and like, eh, trying to fight the wrestlers. That eh, You can see me do a weird movement too if you watch this on YouTube. Just saying. Uh, but... It just, I don't know, man. I, I did not like anything about this episode. And the other day when I thought that, um, whatever episode I watched, I thought was the worst episode of all time. Not, not anymore. <laughs> all right, Jody. So Mondo has opinions about this one. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I, I don't hate it like Mondo does. Jody, your kids would have fucked either of these dudes up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, we're, we're in a different kind of martial arts, but our family's very involved in martial arts and how some of this stuff goes down. And I didn't hate it like Mondo does, but it, it's not a great episode. I mean, it's Tales from the Crypt and not a single person dies. Yeah, I, I mean, that. unless it happens in the end. W- would you let your daughter fight in a Malaysian death match? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I don't even know like what that <laughs> means. Like, I, okay, I love that Jody didn't say no. He's like, I'd have to see what the rules are. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, here, the thing is with this whole, you know, Malaysian death match, they never explain it. They just say it to sound scary because, you know, like, well, I, I think Southeast actually, Asia is scary. I know, think it was actually a takeoff of... Was it in Deer Hunter? Because wrestling stole the idea of the Tai Pai death match. They take glass to yeah. their hands. Yeah. I think that's what, where, the, where the takeoff was. Is that Deer Hunter? Or is it just pro wrestling? Maybe it's just pro wrestling. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's been a lot of times in Deer Hunter. But, but the fucking robot. Axel Rotten and Ian Rotten and the Tai Pai death match. Fucking great match. You can find that on Peacock. <laughs> but yeah, I, this, there, there were some entertaining moments in it. 
it felt very over the top and not in the way Tales from the Crypt usually feels over the top, more hammy kind of over the top, like not great. I, I said before the show started, like this felt very HBO in the nineties. Uh, it could have been an episode of Red Shoe Diaries if it had a different ending. <laughs> a happier ending, one might say. Yeah, yeah. They still end up in the exact same situation, but instead of fighting, they work out their differences. Was there ever a uh, happy ending on, on Red Shoe Diaries? Like, did they ever show someone getting jerked off to completion? I don't think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think there was a lot of implied stuff happening on that show. <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean... Are, 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 <laughs> Was hey. anybody watching late night HBO for a hand job? Like, was it? <laughs> <laughs> That's like watching an NFL game and it ends in a tie. Like, who wants to see that? <laughs> but I, I didn't hate it. I, I mean, that's all. I can say. <laughs> hey, here's the thing, Jody. I want your daughters. I want your daughters to watch the martial arts sequences, and I want their opinions on it. Oh, I'm sure they'd have opinions. Let Let me just say though, I read the comic for this one. And the way that the route that they went for this mm-hmm. is definitely better than had they gone with the comic route. We'll get to that in a minute. Oh, I, I don't know. I kind of we'll get we'll get there. I agree, I agree with you because I'm not a fan of of animal stuff like that. It's, and it, it would have been a very nasty episode. But, but I think they could have gone nastier with this episode. Um, like I, I, again, like you said, it's over the top, but not tales of the crypt over the top. And if it would have been like them fighting people in the cage and arms and spleens getting ripped yeah. out, I'd have been down. Like this is fucking ridiculous and great. Like right, You're right. If they if they had gone over the top, not in like the acting, the drama over the top, but had actually gone tales from the crypt over the top and had the last fight. Oh, dude, been like gory and nasty. Oh mm. uh, yeah. What if they just went over the top, over the top, and it was just arm wrestling? <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I got the hat like this this hat means I'm uh hold on a second who's in that movie again I have the hat like this and this is normal when I turn it on that's the light switch that's when the switch turns on <laughs> and then I go <laughs> that's not a good slice alone impression that's like yeah I that's the slice that long. That's, I love okay. that movie though yeah that's a great movie featuring Terry Funk <laughs> the Funker um I kind of like this episode. I don't think it's good. Of course you would, Jason. I know, of course I would. (laughs) We've like flipped the spectrum. Like Tommy's going to be like, do Jody and Mondo even like Tales from the Crypt? (laughs) (laughs) It's not, I would never say it's a good episode, but it is hammy as fuck. It's just, yeah, it's over the top in ways that the show doesn't usually go to that level, but I don't know. Maybe this season has had so many duds. It's just a good, like, Kicking the balls almost. Um, no, no. Yeah, the, a kick in the balls is not good. Like, in what world do you? Well, <laughs> well I mean, like to the se- to the to the season. It's kind of like well, oh. we're just trying really hard here. And yeah, they go they overcorrect a little too much. At least I, I thought it was very entertaining. The the, the the moment that I love is where one of the women's on the phone with someone, and she's getting pissed off, and she's doing um, pull ups on the bar, and it's obviously that like she's just going like she's just moving her body up and down. And at one point, she puts her arm down, or she picks up the phone, and she's only doing it with one hand in the exact same way. And I'm right. like, "This is really funny. This is like kind of this is like almost like um, a naked gun kind of thing." Yeah, I was about to say, like, pulls out. Leslie Nielsen can get away with that though. But it, but, but right. hold on, hold on, and then it pulls back, and you see that she's actually riding a dude. So she was using the arm bar to ride a dude, and then she like, and then she just leaves, walks out of the room. Did it eventually pull out as well? Apparently. <laughs> 
Um, he, he didn't look satisfied. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just... Hold on a second. You can pull out and still be satisfied. You can, there are other things you can do afterwards. Well, for, the, okay. for the record. We're not, we're not going down that road. For the record, for people who need, like... <laughs> pulling out is not a good method of birth control, to be honest. <laughs> but if no, you, you should know. But if you... <laughs> <laughs> but if you choose to go that route, there are other All ways right. to finish. <laughs> but hello, this is just, Jason named uh, three ways to finish. If you okay, this is like a really campy, over the top episode, and it's a major overcorrection. But I don't know. It just I found that really kind of endearing. I like that the characters, the women, are like using real swear words. And it's not like sanitized TVs cussing at each other. Um, it's on HBO. You can say anything on HBO. I know that's what that's what I liked about it because usually, like when they have two catty women yelling at each other on TV, it's you know it's not a way someone would actually talk to them that mad at each other. But it's HBO, so they can they can go for it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's not a great episode. It's probably, I don't know if it's like in the top half of, of Tales from the Crypt, but as far close. as <laughs> as far as what we've had this season, it's it's still in the as, bottom. <laughs> Uh, I would put it all over some of the other episodes we've had. Over uh, was Operation Friendship. I'd watch this over that. Jason, what did I give that one? Did I give that one a one? Probably. One a one. All right. Yeah, that was really bad. Um, but right. I, so let's just talk about the talent for a moment just to give them their due. This is directed by John Harrison. He did um, the episode Easel Kill You. Uh, he composed the music for Day of the Dead and Creep Show One and Two. He directed a bunch of episodes of Tales from the Dark Side, the TV show, and he directed the movie and the Dune miniseries and a bunch of episodes of the Creep Show TV series. And we did an interview with him like a year ago. Really cool guy. Um, so if you're interested in more, hearing more about him, go check out that interview. Oh, and real fast, I would say the direction is not the issue in this at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, I actually think like. With probably the script he had, he probably did a, the best job he could have. I mean, for, for on the field script budget, that cage was pretty impressive. Like as a set piece, like yeah. maybe not what they did with it, yeah. but as far as you know, sure. um, let's see. Felix is, as we said, is played by Mark Dacascos. He was in the I love this. He was in Doctor uh, the Island of Doctor Moreau. The Crow, Stairway from Heaven, The Crow uh, TV series is John Wick 3. As we say, he's an Iron Chef. Um, Aubrey Scott is played by Debbie Dunning. She was a Leprechaun 4 in space. And she's also... Chickens um, in space. She's also in the Home Improvements. Um, and then the other woman is played oh, was by... Oh, she the, um, the, the tool girl? Yeah, the second tool girl. Or oh, whatever. Nice. The, okay. The, the one that wasn't Pamela Anderson. Um, oh, and I then Margin, too, man. Yeah, Margin Holden. Uh, she was in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. She was in Silent Night, Deadly Night Four, and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Another terrible movie that is oh, somehow she played. Uh, she played Shiva. Um, Shiva. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, and then Stoney Jackson again. They have, all these people have huge stunts um, careers. We're just kind of talking about the the movie acting parts. He was in CB4, which is a really fun. I haven't seen in a long time, but I remember CB4 being really funny. is so good. So yeah. it, it, that I think that's one of those movies that if it came around, like I think it was before it's way before it's time. Uh, yeah. it, it came out in 94, I think. And mm-hmm. um, it's kind of funny too, because I always say about New Nightmare, those, those movies that are coming out in that era, I think a lot of them are way ahead of their time, which is what they're trying to do. 
Mm. I don't know how it holds up now, but for at the time, yeah. Um, he's also in Angels in the Outfield, going back to uh, great '90s movies that no one talks about. I, I like to think that you know, if uh, if God is real, and, and I'm not knocking religious people out there, but I like think the Angels have better shit to do than worry about baseball games on Sunday. <laughs> Especially the Anaheim Angels. <laughs> yes. Um, and of course, Wayne Newton. Um, he was in uh, License to Kill. Obviously, the ton of Vegas themed thing, themed movies, including Vegas Vacation. He was also in Sharknado, Sharknado Four: The Fourth Awakens. If you've if you've seen Vegas Vacation and that casino they go to in the end when they're playing, you know, you actually play War now in a Vegas casino. There is a, a oh, casino really? on the Strip called the Aztec Casino, and I highly recommend you look up pictures of it because it might as well be the casino from Vegas Vacation. I'm pretty sure you can just guess the number in that fucking place. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, not, again, not a great episode at all. But there's just something. It's just it's just such an anomaly. Real, and real they, like Jody said, no one dies, and they tell us the crypt episode, which is even weirder. I mean, you assume that eventually one of them will like, the talk, other one. But. Did you talk about Melissa Brassell, which plays like a ring girl? She has a fun. She has a fun like sci-fi horror movie resume of all these movies she's done. Yeah, she's kind of neat. Her latest movie being Lisa, Warden from Hell, which I'm definitely going to track down. That's, <laughs> that's definitely relevant to my interests. <laughs> I'm looking that up right now. That is mm-hmm. definitely is that in your Ilsa, plex server, Jody? Uh, take off there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have that one on there right now. That is definitely Ilsa, the Wicked Warden, uh, oh. or she of the SS. Oh, uh, boy. Those those movies were like fucking exploitation to the max, oh, but yeah. they were actually yeah. decent movies. Like that's the, and then I think they didn't they parody one of those for a trailer in um, Grindhouse. Grindhouse, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Jody, uh, give us the comic comparison. Okay, so this came from the Vault of Horror number forty, which was I think the last issue, and uh, that's December nineteen fifty four. Um, script by Carl Wessler, pencils by Bernie Krigstein, uh, not names that uh, we hear a lot uh, for any of them. So it's basically the same plot as this story of the the women are terrible and they want their husbands to make money for them, except instead of the husbands being fighters, the husband one husband runs a cockfighting ring, and the other one runs a dogfighting ring. And who wants a fight with a cock? <laughs> it seems like the worst way to fight, personally. Yeah, like, <laughs> no matter how many rings you put on, it's going it's, <laughs> to get weak eventually. <laughs> Doesn't the uh, comic say that they uh, they shredded the cock? It, it does. They, they put knives on it, or blades on it. Uh, but anyway, Did so, you, yeah. You think people fight with with chickens right why wouldn't they fight with ducks ducks are way meaner than chickens goose fighting oh shit swan fighting. oh man swan fighting do you guys like duck swans are mean i love duck yeah. you Delicious. got duck? have you ever had <laughs> you've had duck in your mouth so anyway the comic <laughs> <laughs> the, it, the the basic story here is the men don't like their jobs they don't like hurting animals they don't like seeing these chickens kill each other they don't like to see these uh dogs kill each other but their wives want money and so they keep upping the game and so instead of there being two roosters they're going to be three 
There's a dog fighting ring that has a dozen dogs. That, that's basically a circle jerk at that point. You have three dogs. <laughs> yeah. It's just a bunch of dogs murdering each other in a uh in a ring and the wives are, you know, pushing it, pushing it, and they're being catty to each other. They're Did they push it good? Dresses. What's that? Push it real good. Push it real good. Yeah. Um <laughs> they uh <laughs> They're they're buying dresses that the other one wants just to like show each other up, and you know it's the same kind of thing as in the episode. They hate each other, and they're doing all this drama behind the scenes. In the end, though, uh, the women end up in the ring. Their husbands kind of push them into it, and it says that they tear each other up like animals. So that again, if I don't like the the animal fighting um, line, like obviously that would be really unpleasant to watch as an episode. To yeah. tear each other up at the end, though, I think that would have helped quite a bit instead yeah. of just we kind of zoom out on them fighting each other, punching each other a little bit. Well, and I meant to bring it up, and you brought up the thing about how they brought up, you know, obviously women getting paid less than men. And mm-hmm. uh, the other interesting piece kind of in this episode that is interesting is um, they kind of are, it's kind of, a, I guess, maybe a, an indictment on our obsession with violence. When they said like 20 million people are going to watch this because they all want to see a death match. And I'll be honest, like that was early UFCs, right? People were thinking mm-hmm. like people literally bought UFC one thing. I'm going to see someone die tonight in this ring, yeah. which really fucked up when you think about it. Mm-hmm. So, so it was kind of a, um, I guess, a commentary on that. So that's yeah, it's just yeah. interesting. I'm trying something there. But yeah, D- does it work? I don't know. There, there are parts of it. I think that are entertaining. I think, like I said, there. I think somehow the comic version is a more interesting story, but also one that I would not want to watch. So no. I don't, I don't know what they could have done with this one. I did like the art style though; it was it was a little good. different. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't respect. I just, I, I actually, when I first started watching it, and they kind of did where they're having a talking, and you can see you're watching the fight on a TV screen. They're watching it on. I thought that was actually really interesting the way it was shot, but then the substance of it just, I think if the choreography, the fight choreography was better and taken almost a little bit more seriously, I I think it would have definitely elevated this episode. I I was referencing the, the, uh, the art in the comic. Oh, sorry. That's all right. Like the the faces were like a little stretched out, a little distorted. Hmm. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Kind of looking. Yeah. Sorry about that. I just didn't mean to get off topic. No, that's fine. (laughs) I'm trying. I, 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 anytime I can say something positive about this episode, I, I count those as a win. Okay, I'll redeem myself a little bit, maybe a little, little bit later. Speaking of which, let's do our episode ranking. Ooh, okay, let's do that. All right, Jody. Uh, two. I'll go two. Mm-hmm. All right, take that. Londo. One. One. This is legit one of my least favorite Tales from the Crypt episodes. <laughs> and, and and again, it's not just because I'm going to be a, a, a dick and hate the choreography, hate the fighting, and hate the fake fighting, how like, how shitty it looked. But um, I just don't think it was interesting. I don't think it was. Uh, the direction I thought was fine. Mm-hmm. And But, God, like it just bored me to fucking tears. Yeah, I, I knew that you would not like this episode, and that's why on Sunday when you said we should go ahead without you, I'm like, no. And you know what's funny? When I started watching, I was like, oh, I remember this episode. But I remember being way better than it was. And right. I think it's because like, 
I think as a kid, I was probably way more forgiving of the, the terrible choreography, which is now I'm just like, mm-hmm. dude, like it, it's just so much. Good, and especially when you have real martial artists, it's like, you guys yeah. can figure some shit out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going 2.5. Like I, I wouldn't say that's a good rating. If that's just an okay rating. And I think it's perfectly acceptable though. I think you're wrong, but I think it's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. And now for Al's anecdotes. Hi, it's Alan. There are two things I remember about the pit. First was hiring Wayne Newton, the king of Vegas. He was perfect casting for what John Harrison had in mind. Scott Nimrofro worked on the episode with John because Scott knew the world way better than I did. The episode demanded that Vegas-style cheesiness, and Mr. Newton delivered exactly what the episode required, yin meet yang. The other memory comes from the Crypt Keeper segment, where he sings one of the songs we wrote for the Crypt Keeper's Christmas album, Have Yourself a Scary Little Christmas. On the one hand, when Jack Wall approached me about doing a Crypt Christmas album, I thought it was hilarious. But alas, the moment we actually started working on it, it completely stopped being funny. Coming up with Crypt Keeper segments was hard. Coming up with Crypt Keeper Christmas-themed song lyrics? That was brutal, man. Jack Wall, who made that album happen, worked for Crypt Productions as our brand manager, really. He handled the merchandising, and he was the guy who made all the Crypt spinoffs happen. The children's show, the game show, and all the sponsorships the Crypt Keeper did. Jack was a very, very nice man. Very nice. But he had a cheesy sense of humor. But what do I know? People love the Christmas album. People love cheese. So when you say the pit, I hear cheese. See you next time. Okay, Mondo, give us your song of the day. All right. So I was going to try to, so I I really had a song I I picked up before the episode and I watched the episode like, "Hmm, no, (laughs) he doesn't deserve that song. Um, I just picked a song that makes me happy. And uh, it's a band I discovered this year, which I think is probably, as of right now, we're only in March, but right now it's taking home my album of the year award. So far, it's by a band called The Gauntlet. And if you look at the cover, the cover is like something you probably would have drawn in high school. Just fucking way over the top. The album is called Dark Steel and Fire. It's just like heavy metal with some black metal. It's just a fun fucking album to listen to. I think everyone should check this, should check this one out. And I'm going to pick the song off this one because I listened to it today again. And the song I'm going to pick it's called Damnation Calls with Haste. What does that mean? I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Metal doesn't have to make sense because it's fucking metal. Um, but the band's called The Gauntlet. It's actually a, a one-man project, which is pretty weird when you have, like, usually I see one-man project, I expect someone who doesn't know how to play guitar, making a terrible album. Although, granted, there are some great one-man projects out there, but this is really kind of over-the-top and fun. So, uh uh, it's just shitty because you'll never see them live because you can't play live if you're one person unless you're really you're like an octopus. Um, but uh, The Gauntlet, Dark Steel and Fire is the album. The song, once again, again, what the fuck? Did I just turned Canadian? Is uh, <laughs> Damnation Calls with Haste. I do live by a duck pond. Maybe they're rubbing off on me. I mean, when Damnation Calls, you don't want to make it wait. So Exactly. With haste. You okay, that, uh, that sounds like an interesting. Uh, that sounds interesting. I'm gonna listen to that. And you apologize. It's kind of like if I mean, anybody out there listens to metal, it's kind of like a mix of like early Venom with some Bathory with some Dark Throne. It's a nice, good mix of just it's just fucking metal. Nice, nice. 
Yeah, I told uh, I told Mondo the other day that I was actually listening to some metal, but it was like the dorkiest way to listen to metal because uh, the band I was listening to is called Windrose, and they make dwarf metal, and all their songs are about like digging in holes and like it's Tolkien type stuff, like well, nerd shit. So but- <laughs> I, 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 I joke about that, but I said before, like the early black, so Count Grishnok, Varg Vikern, the most evil man in the history of black metal, who killed Euronymous, is a known racist. Grishnok is the fucking name of one of the lead, um, not the orcs. What are the more evil orcs? Oh, the Uruk-hai? Yes, the the the, the Uruk-hai. And like all those fucking early bands are were all just fucking Tolkien nerds. Like right. and that's when like people people don't realize that these early black metal artists were, were from affluent families who were fucking Tolkien and D nerds that really didn't want to go as far as a few people went in the scene. It yeah. wasn't as evil and grim as people thought it was. It was just a, a show. It's all theatrics. Yeah. So um did you check out that Necrogoblin band that I sent you? I looked in just a little bit. I hadn't gotten to You need much to watch yet, your YouTube but... videos because they dress like goblins on stage. Yeah. And the the, the <laughs> Windrose dresses like dwarves. Like, yeah, no, I checked them out. They're fantastic. I love that they're, shit. They're, like, like, literally, their top song on Spotify, their most listened to song, is called Diggy Diggy Hole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's literally about digging holes and being in mines. <laughs> Jordy, how does it go? What's the chorus? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't remember the chorus. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But it is very enjoyable, entertaining. That sounds like, that sounds like a summer camp song. It sounds like a man that <laughs> remembers the chorus and doesn't want to sing it. <laughs> All right, Jody, give us some horror news. All right. So uh, one thing that uh, came out last week that is very near and dear to my heart, I'm a big-time figure collector, mostly from NECA. I have tons of NECA figures all over my office, and they have finally announced a creature from the Black Lagoon figure, and it yes. looks amazing. looks so uh, good. I've already pre-ordered it. It looks fantastic. I, I have... One from Diamond Select that came out a few years ago, but like its arms don't move other than up and down. There's no joints in the thing. This is that is, is that one of the ones art. in the blister packs? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It still looks pretty decent though. Yeah, no, it's it's a decent looking figure, but this new one that's coming out, fully articulated, you can pose it in all kinds of ways. I think three different faces. Very, very excited for this, and I'll definitely have it on day one. Did you order Did from you see from the- a big bad toy store? What's that? Did you order it from Big Bad Toy Store? Yes. Yes, I did. Did you see their announcement today? Uh, the black and white Bride of Frankenstein? Yes, that's the one yeah. I've been waiting for. Yeah, it looks that amazing, looks too. Um, they haven't come out with it. The one, I, the one I want, and I've already pre-ordered a bunch of stuff because I'm in the, like the, the, the new Elvira figure. Holy shit. It yeah, looks yeah. Good. Um, I, I, I want the um, Casey Jones Phantom of the Opera. Mm. They previewed it. Yeah. It hasn't come out yet. God damn, that looks good. Yeah. That guy puts out some great stuff. The um the last Ronin figures, like I think I've I've talked about yeah. that that novel. It's so fucking great. Oh god, it's so good. Uh, other horror news coming out this week is a movie I'm excited about. Uh, is it? Did, have either of y'all seen the 2014 movie Last Shift? Yes, live. Yes, I know where you're going with this. And Last yeah. Shift was one of those like. Good out of left field movies that I bought on iTunes, like $5. I was like, yeah. whole, way better than any right to be. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a bad way for a low budget film. And the fact that I thought it was legit scary. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's really good. I like last shift a lot. Well, the director has money 
now to really make the movie he wanted to make. And so basically he's remaking, reimagining, whatever you want to call it, Last Shift into a theatrical release uh, called Malum that's supposed to be bigger, more over the top. It's the same story of a police officer who's at the like the last time this building is going to be open before they move to a new uh, precinct or whatever. Um, is it? But I'm sorry. Is it a reimagining or a prequel? It's the same story, just bigger. Done bigger. It, sound, okay. it sounds like a Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, kind of that. They weren't uh, happy the size the first time, so they made it bigger. I got you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I really like Last Shift, and so tell me it's going to be bigger and gorier than yeah, no, 100. And it's coming to theaters this time. It, there was no the- theatrical release for Last Shift. That nice. was like a Netflix or iTunes kind of movie. It, well, again, uh, so that's I'm a that's excited. a cool like that's a really cool feather in the cap for horror because it's kind of nice seeing these studios more willing to throw someone in the theater. And um, I, I think I told you, I guys, I saw a uh, conscription, constipation, whatever that nun that killer nun movie was. Oh, consecration. Consecration was not very good. It? Yeah. And then I saw. Um, some other horror movie, some flash, probably some slasher film, like she came from the woods or something. Uh, wasn't called that. I'm a little buzzed. Um, they weren't great. I, I'm not going to lie, but it was still fun seeing them in a theater being able to see yeah. that kind of stuff in a theater. And I urge everyone like fucking like John Wick's going to make a, a, a billion dollars no matter what. I'm not going to yeah. say don't go see John Wick, but if you're a fucking horror fan, spend some money on these small yeah. films that are coming out because it's just going to be more and more films, small films, coming to the theater all over the place and we want those films to come all over the place in the theater. I like what Jason. I like that uh that movies are willing to take a little bit more risk right now with stuff like Malignant and Megan and right. you know I mean we're getting a new Evil Dead movie this oh, I, year. I finally watched Megan. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah, so I, I'm a version. I've like that movie is legit terrifying in my opinion because because <laughs> yeah. like I watch that movie and the first thing I just walk upstairs and fucking throw my Alex in the bathtub. Yeah, <laughs> I, I rewatched it uh, Friday night and I was like, this is so, this is still so good. Was it's was so the unrated fun. version that much different than the theatrical? No, like, it was I like imagine, two shots. I imagine yeah. like there's a kill with a machete through the heart. I imagine that's probably gorier. Yeah, but well, like, yeah, like the, the ear, when the kid the gets ear, his yeah. ear, it's ripped off more. Um, Spoilers. The elevator scene, like that, after the, the, the weird dance, like the elevator's a lot bloodier. But other than that, oh, I, I think the woman getting her face melted off. Okay, with the stuff. Is, yeah, Evil Dead Rises, by the way, has gotten nothing but amazing reviews. Yeah, and I'm, I, I am so fucking excited for that movie. Yeah, and uh, I'm really pumped for Renfield. That looks real. Yes. Renfield. And Renfield's supposed to be like over the top, bloody and gross. Like no, the Red Band trailer looked good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the trailer is so amazing because it doesn't give away like anything. No. And him coming into the the support group and the guy's like, "Oh, well, this is different." <laughs> like that. Like <laughs> I fucking lost it when I watched that trailer. And yeah. Nicholas Cage just being Nicholas Cage at this point is the best thing that can ever happen right. in movies. Yeah. Well, speaking of bloody gory movies. Uh, the Toxic Avenger remake that's coming out. <laughs> I don't know if this is an announcement or somebody just talked about it, uh, but there is a scene that they are referring to as the butt gut scene that is supposed to be the kind of the uh, crowning moment, kind of like the head squishing scene in the original. Uh, the butt gut scene. That's is, all we know right now. Is Kaufman attached to that at all? I'm not sure. I can't imagine that he wouldn't be completely unattached. Um, 
I don't know. I know it's got a crazy cast. Uh, you got Elijah Wood in it. I uh, love Elijah Peter Wood. Dinklage. Oh, oh shit. I love Elijah Wood just doing whatever he wants to do. That makes me so yeah. happy. Yeah. This guy's Lord of the Rings money. He can do anything. Yeah. Peter Dinklage is in it. Uh, Jacob Tremblay, the little boy from uh, a lot of the Flanagan movies, but he was also in. Uh, oh, Doctor Sleep is a Flanagan movie. He's the yeah. kid who gets like the the worst, most baseball boy. Yeah, baseball boy. Um, if I can real fast, just g- give a shout out to my buddy William, um, who down here in Los. If anybody is on the West Coast, um, he runs a place down here called the Sci Fi Center. And he has a Lloyd Kaufman weekend where Lloyd Kaufman is going to be here signing autographs and uh, doing commentary to movies. I can't remember the movies he has. Um, excuse me, slated, but um, definitely uh, the sci-fi center is a little hole in the wall mm-hmm. in this place called New Orleans Square, which is kind of the armpit of Las Vegas. And I mean that in a very loving way in that it's kind of off the beaten path. And uh, he does, my buddy Will, William, back in the day, he was basically borrowing DVDs from me and paying like small rights fees to show shit like Cannibal Holocaust and the beyond. <laughs> and they live in his little like makeshift theater he made. And he has Lloyd Coffin coming back out to do a really cool event. So um, cool. if you guys are anywhere near here and love trauma, uh, look up the sci-fi center, Las Vegas and Lloyd Kaufman. You'll find some cool information about some stuff he's doing. That's awesome. I, right before we started recording, I recorded a little mini episode with our friend Joe Ferry. And we oh, talked Joe. about Lloyd Kaufman and Troma. Uh, I I don't like a lot of Troma movies, but I love Lloyd Kaufman. Like well, it's funny with he's, Troma. He's an ins, he's an inspiring person, and Troma's inspiring to me. Yes, even though I don't get into their stuff a whole lot. He he. There's a great and, and you can find his speech on YouTube if you mm-hmm. if you like look up like Lloyd Kaufman independent films when he just goes on a rant about how like. I think someone asked him, what should I do? Am I going to film? He goes, just go do it. Just go yeah. fucking make movies. Like yeah. you have, it sounds like you have an idea and it's, it's beautifully inspiring and not just for people who want to make movies, but I think just, it's a great, great life advice. Yeah. Like we're all fuddy duddies and, and, and set in our ways. And he's like, just go fucking try something. Who cares yeah. if you fail? And I, I have two Lloyd Kaufman books on my shelf. And one of them is make your own damn movie. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so good. Yeah. Do it. There's a movie he was in with um, Dante from Clerks, uh, Brian O'Halloran, and also with uh, Gunnar Hansen. Mm-hmm. And I forgot what it was, but he does kind of like a speech like that. And then it's just so good. Like, and, and you want to know what the, the trauma movies that hit, they fucking hit. Oh yeah. Like I, I'm, I, I, I unapologetically love Tromeo and Juliet. <laughs> With Lemmy from Motorhead as a narrator, fucking come yeah. on. And Poultry Geist and Toxic Avenger and Sergeant Kabuki Man, class of Newcomb High. Um, yeah, that's a good one. There's, uh, he's the modern day Roger Corman. Yeah. And, and that's just a, a feather in both those guys' caps. Could you imagine Lloyd Kaufman with a budget? He wouldn't know what to do. I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that would help or hinder him. I, I think I like that Deloitte Kaufman, you know, gets to use his imagination and not just his money. So, have I told you guys a story about again my friend William when he did his uh, event and it was sold out, and some guy showed up as Sergeant Kabuki Man and tried <laughs> to buy a ticket, and my buddy William's like, "Dude, we're sold out." And Lloyd Kaufman walks outside, goes, "If you don't let him in, I'm not doing the show." 
<laughs> he goes, that guy dressed up as Sergeant Kabuki Man. Let him fucking in. Nice. Some fire inspectors would be mad, but well, whatever. That's two years ago. Yeah. Or three, four years ago. Time doesn't matter anymore. It's a fun time. <laughs> uh, but speaking of great movies, or semi-great movies, uh, Dr. Giggles oh, yes. has just been released on Blu-ray in high definition thanks to Scream Factory. In 4K? So you were a fa- I don't think it's a full 4K. Mm. I think it's a uh, 1080p. No, it's 2K. So, yeah. 1080p, we don't get the full 4K experience, but whoever thought a movie like Dr. Giggles would even get a nice HD Dude, package? Dude, a, a yeah. very, very, um, I don't want to say underrated, because I think people that have watched Dr. Giggles all love it, underappreciated movie. Underappreciate, or underremembered. Yeah. yeah. Or forgotten. It's, yeah. One of those, it's one of those movies that a lot of us rented on VHS, you know, at the video store, and a lot of people... Probably forgotten about it since then. Mm. Worth revisiting, though. I definitely rented if it. If nothing else, there's... just for Larry Drake. Well, I, I definitely Drake. rented it when I was like 13 because it has oh, a yeah, scantily yeah. clad woman in the back of the VHS. I'm like, yeah, sure. we're definitely renting this. And then Larry Drake <laughs> is legit terrifying in that. Oh, yeah. And the He's story great. itself is a fucking great, great story. Very, like, well done. And yeah. I'm a big Dr. Giggles, Giggles fan. So, yeah, pick up that Blu-ray. Bring it home. Anything else, That's all I got. Okay. All I got. <laughs> uh, we're doing a new segment. We're still trying to figure out what to call it. Uh, for tonight, we'll call it the Patreon Place, whatever that means. Oh, I thought we're doing it in the future. I don't want to tonight. Once I've had a better name for it. <laughs> and we'll come up with something better. But, uh, we're calling so the segment Get in the Pit. The Patreon <laughs> pit. pit. There you go. The, the Pit of Patreon. The Pit. <laughs> um, so we have a new Patreon that we want to thank for joining, Linda of Notes. But also what we're going to start doing is if you're one of our Patreons at any level, we're going to post a uh, Would You Rather poll um, related to the episode. Is it based on oh, – have, have you guys seen the movie Would You Rather? Yeah. That's it's a good a movie. I really like good. it. Jeffrey Combs. Asa- do, you, do you guys know who Sasha Gray is? No one's going on the record. We got nods from – Britney Snow, Britney Snow, yeah. Do you know Britney Sasha Gray was actually in a um, uh, H.G. Lewis film? They did, I think it was like a, she can't, again, my, my buddy, the Sci-Fi Center had her and the director, or H.G. Lewis, come down and fucking, I missed that one, I'm so sad. Uh, not that I really wanted to meet Sasha, Gay or Sasha Gray, I wanted to meet fucking H.G. Lewis, because who fucking right, does not right. want to meet the godfather of gore? Um, but uh, yeah, she did, she did a, a really cool horror film with him. No, she's a horse. Yeah, she's done some horse she's stuff. A That's kind of cool. She, <laughs> she so, did a good um, movie with uh, Elijah Wood, too. Oh, yeah. It was one of those screen life kind of like on a computer screen thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was good. I don't remember what it was called, but it was it was good. God, I can't remember the director's name, but he or the creator's name, but he does um, Billions on a, on a Showtime. Okay. And yeah. um, the girlfriend experience uh, with him, and I can't remember the director. Oh, name. Steven Sonberg? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that was a different one, but yeah. Billions. But you guys watch, do you guys watch Billions? No. I haven't. This show's fucking great. Fucking great with Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Paul Giamatti's just the okay. goddamn man. Like, motherfucker. He is. He is. He should do All horror. Right. Why is Paul Giamatti not in a horror <laughs> film? Like, what the fuck is up with this world? He was in, was he Lady in the Water, that terrible movie? He was. He was. Yeah. We'll talk about that. All right. So, yeah, every week we're going to post a Would You Rather and let the, our Patreons vote, and we'll uh, discuss on the episode. So, for this episode, the question was, um, if you were in the cage match, 
Would you rather fight a hundred chicken-sized zombies or fight one zombie-sized chicken? Um, first, I want to ask you guys what your opinion on this would be. Uh, one zombie-sized chicken, because chickens are not scary. Mm, I think a six-foot-tall chicken... Be- I'm pretty sure I fight those now, like nightly at at jujitsu. I'm pretty sure I could choke it unconscious. I mean, Uh, my parents had chickens for a while. Uh, Chickens are mean. They will peck the heck out of you. They have hard mm -hmm. little beaks. So I don't. I think I could take on a hundred tiny ones. I mean, you just kick them, right? No, they're hundred. No, no, no. These are hundred chicken-sized zombies. So. Okay. Little, so, but, like, yeah. so what's it called? Like a foot tall? I mean, Dude, the minute the is, a zombie bites you, you become a fucking already, zombie, right? Look, but the little size zombies are already dead, so you give it a good swift <sighs> kick, it's going to explode. Just Well, <clears throat> one is, there's a hundred, Jody. They're going to surround you and bite your ankles, and you'll become a zombie. Yeah. Well, if you took your uh, pants into your I socks. Will, I mean, you gotta, kill you. It's a tiny <laughs> little mouth, though. So, like, if you said, like... <laughs> Long pants and good boots, like you'd be okay. It's like going out for a hike, like just be prepared. I live in Vegas. I'm wearing shorts and flip flops. Like I want that fucking yeah. No, right. Yeah, the zombies would bite you. Give well, me that. Give me that six foot cock. And don't, <laughs> and don't forget, you're in the cage, so space is limited. Yeah. Wait, how big That's is a cage? Okay. It's like eight by eight, ten by ten. We'll see the one, like 12. the one in this episode. Go on. To go on. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I I think I could take a bunch of little ones. I don't want to take a big mean chicken. Oh, no. the, the fact <laughs> you, don't that want, you don't want to take a big one. He's wanting the small ones. It's fine. I get it. I think <laughs> the fact that the the chicken sized zombies could bite you once and then you turn into a zombie is just too much. Yeah, it's too much for me. Them. I feel like I could probably evade one huge chicken easier. I mean, I think it'd be terrifying. I'd, I'd be more scared of it on the visceral level. But I think I could outrun or at least outmaneuver. Dude, you, you've probably eaten so many of his brethren. Like, it's just going to be terrifying. But you are legend. <laughs> this guy's eaten so many chickens. I'm going to say the fuck away from this guy. All right. Um, so the results of our poll is actually 50-50. Half people uh, said 100 chicken-sized zombies. The other half said one zombie-sized chicken. So they're pretty split on this. There were some questions about whether you can use weapons. Uh, someone said zombies will mess themselves up, but I won't mess with murder birds. Same. Yeah, that's where I'm at. So. I'm going to fucking choke that chicken unconscious. <laughs> then, that wasn't even intentional. <laughs> oh, my God. And then I'm going to fucking eat all of its parts. <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm going to fucking put that shit on my on my Blackstone uh, griddle uh, back. <laughs> and we're going to have some <laughs> fucking chicken for dinner after I choked that chicken unconscious. There you go. There you go. All right. So do uh, be part of these polls on a weekly basis. Join our Patreon at any level. One dollar is all it takes. Um, all right. Let's do some dad advice. Um, I'm not sure where we go. All right, <laughs> on I this let's go to some questions. Here. Oh, we got the questions. Thank you, Mona. We got questions for dad. First, advice. and I do have to talk about UFC a little bit. First from our friend Palmer Lynch 719. How much BS is Mondo going to call on the fighting in this? And the answer is a lot because yeah. like, but again, I, I said, I will probably get, this is probably being filmed around the time of UFC two or three, maybe, maybe even probably after UFC one, which was in 93, um, UFC four had already happened. Um, 
so people were still trying to figure out fighting and what fighting was. So like, it, it's it's different nowadays. And again, it, it's choreographed, and choreographed fighting can always be fun, no matter how much you understand about the sports of, of fighting, et cetera, et cetera. But um, can I talk about UFC three real fast? Because it's happened right around the time of UFC three. And the the fun part about UFC three is is Ken Shamrock. You guys know who Ken Shamrock is? I know the name. I don't remember God, who that is. God damn it! <laughs> I'm sorry. A new podcast is cool people. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> UFC three had a really uh, interesting thing. Whereas uh, Hoist Gracie fought Chemo uh, Leopoldo in a Lee uh, in the first round and beat him via arm lock, but got the shit kicked out of him because the guy was just headbutting him and fucking him up and um, refused to come out for the semifinals. So Ken Shamrock beat Felix Mitchell in the semifinals, and then when he realized that Hoist Gracie wasn't going to be in the finals, refused to fight in the finals. He's like, I, I, just, I just came here to beat Hoist. So it was weird. Like, the finals were two guys who like basically didn't fight. Um, it was uh, actually Harold Howard at the back beat, um, beat someone, and the other one was Steve Henham or Jenham, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I say Henham because Jay is, is, you know, whatever in a lot of languages. And uh, he beat Harold Hyward and became the UFC champion by only fighting one fight. <laughs> so after that, they implemented a lot of rules about why you can't do that anymore. And now that actually after that, at that event, they made it to where if you were an alternate, you had to have at least one fight to get to become an alternate. So you'd be a little bit tired in the main event. Nowadays, like tournaments really don't exist anymore in MMA because they realize like one fight is pretty fucking rough back then when they're trying to figure this shit out they're trying to figure this shit out is jason still alive yeah oh you, holy shit you're like frozen i thought you were just like <laughs> you lost you um but it's kind of funny because steve had him one ufc and then proceeded to lose like every other match he fought <laughs> he fought three <laughs> more matches um but the one of the interesting things for anyone who's an MMA fan out there that might be listening to this is that George St. Pierre basically watched UFC three and George St. Pierre became one of the fame, the probably possibly one of the greatest fighters of all time. And that's why he got into mixed martial arts is by watching UFC three. And the other funny thing is um, the man uh, Henham. Um, he was interesting because he was a black belt instructor at Robert Bussey's Warrior International, which is called RBWI. Do you guys know what a bussy is? No. Can I, I, I am I am aware of what that term means. Okay, yeah. Jason, can you urban dictionary that right now? And then read us. You want, the, do I need to put like my incognito on? Uh it depends. Like, I don't know. Do other people use your computer? <laughs> <laughs> do, oh, hold on a second. Do anybody under the age of like 45 use your computer beside you? Um <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jason, can you read us the uh No. <laughs> Jason? Jason. Can you yes. read us a definition of that that term? I can, but I'm not. What well, Jason? Jason. I'm gonna need you to read that de- I'm gonna need you to read us the definition. No. <laughs> of what you just looked up. Jason? It's a uh Port Manitou. Of the words boy and a woman's genitalia yep. used to describe the anus. Okay. It can be used as a noun or an adverb. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's a bitch pussy. <laughs> 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 
I can we stop making up stupid words? Like, can we just stop? It? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I mean, people can make up words. It's the people that use them that's the problem. An anal opening. Sure. On a male. Can we just stop making up stupid words? Like, <laughs> that's all. All right. Next question. There is a, a wrestling tag team called Bussy, and it is Effie and Aldi Catch. And they're actually a really good tag team, both great wrestlers. So it's just interesting because it's funny. And I'm sure some racist ass wrestling fans are like, what the fuck? I don't know why they have a southern accent. They do. I'm sorry, people, southern accents. That's sure. where I'm going. Um, <laughs> Jody said, sure, because he knows 10 people at the grocery store that would not be okay with this term. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Kane, Glenn Jacobs, mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, would not be okay with that term. I see you, Kane. All right, Mondo, what's our next question? Uh, I don't know. But by the way, when I go down there Chattanooga, I'm definitely getting a picture in front of fucking Kane's office. That's oh all there is God. to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he might as well be mean Kane West. Um, MGP12342 has a statement and a question. Statement is, shout out to Aubrey Scott. Aubrey God damn it. Aubrey Scott for being the lead character in Leprechaun 4. Respect oh, yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, the one question is, I responded to this, was do you remember when the UFC previews looked like these death matches? And yeah, 100%. Like early UFC, they were trying to pretend like you were going to watch someone die on screen. And uh, you can take that for what it's worth. It's It was not a good look. Um, the funny story about UFC is that they try to get sanctioned by athletic commissions. Mm-hmm. And they realize, like, we want to go legit with this. We're trying to have legit martial arts competitions. And I think it was the Fertitas that were on the panel that said no. So then that's what led to Art Davy selling the UFC to the Fertitas. <laughs> then said yes. <laughs> so it's kind of a weird controversy about how it got sold and how the how Dana White got a hold of it and the Fertitas got a hold of it. So, so Dana White knew the Fertitas because they're all uh, some Las Vegas trivia here. They all went to Bishop Gorman, which is like a thirty thousand dollar a year fucking high school down here, a private school down here. And he pretends like he was rags to riches. Nah, dude, that dude. No, no one who went to fucking Bishop Gorman was broke. And. <laughs> Um, Dana White's a piece of shit. Let's just be honest. Dude got caught on camera slapping his wife. Do you guys know about this? Mm. So he's promoting a league called slap fighting where you stand there and put your chin out and let someone give you a concussion. It's like a textbook way of how to get CTE and fuck your life up. And so he got caught in a video slapping the shit out of his wife at a club in Mexico. And he, he has the balls to come out and be like, they're not going to punish me. The real punishment is everybody know what I did. I'm like, that's not a fucking real punishment. Like, if you work at McDonald's and got caught on video doing that, you would get fired from your job. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck that guy. And I don't have to go in a down direction, but if you're caught in camera slapping your wife once, you've probably done it before, and you're probably a terrible fucking person. And uh, no love for Dana White. Fuck that guy. He should be... They're not going to fire him. They're not, and it sucks. And is this a reality of the matter? If you have money, you can just do whatever you want and there's no repercussions. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> My dad advice is just get a lot of money. Do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Just uh, don't slap your wife. That's our advice. Dude, you should. That's good advice. You shouldn't put your hands on 
fucking anybody right. that isn't asking for it and doesn't have a safe word. Like you shouldn't touch people who don't want to be touched. It's very simple philosophy, right? Yeah. All right. Do you have any other questions? No more questions. That, that is the only questions. And by the way, for the 91 people that viewed our post and didn't ask a question, <laughs> I am disappointed. I'm not mad. Sorry, we're not mad. We're all just, say it with me, we're all just disappointed. Disappointed. Yes, fuck that up. All right. Disappointed about that, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but apparently, if you want to see us, maybe you'll see us at Chattanooga Film Festival. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll tease more about that later. That wraps up another episode. Next week, we will be reviewing The Assassin. I hope it's we better appreciate- than this week. Please tell me it's better than this week. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I don't remember this. So we'll see. Somehow, Freddy's Nightmares doesn't sound that bad anymore. This episode. There you go. <laughs> we appreciate everyone for listening. We'd really appreciate it if you would give us a rating review on iTunes, a rating on Spotify. Check out our Patreon for bonus content. Also, check out our YouTube for videos of these podcasts. And with that, we thank you for listening to Dads from the Crypt. <laughs> Follow Dads from the Crypt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or I will follow you to the grave. <laughs> no, seriously, you really should watch. But be careful what you ask for. You may get it. <laughs>